0: We're here with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And with me today is um, our sane nurse, Kim Riddle. And we share her with Harold's house. Kim, I appreciate you. uh, We've been trying to coordinate this for a while, but your schedule is always so busy. And of course, Teen Dating Violence Month has been kind of busy for both of us. Um, But I do appreciate you coming in because this is a really important topic. I think that we, uh, we could probably talk something about this every month probably.
1: I would think so. Uh, People don't realize that teen dating violence is such a problem. It's actually considered a public health issue.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I think, you know, when it comes to relationship violence, you know, I think people automatically think of domestic violence and maybe even sexual assault. But, and I think nowadays more than ever, teens are starting to, have relationships probably earlier than they did when we were that age. And so I think this is a very important thing that we do need to talk about and address. So I know you have a very, um, big heart for this. Uh, this is something that we go around. We've been talking to schools about and everything, uh, teen dating violence. Um, why is this such an important issue for us to talk about and to, uh, educate teens and even the general public on
1: well Stuart, i will say that uh, there is so much violence in the world and uh, prevention is a um, important factor uh, that we need to to work on Um, whenever you talk to kids if you can reach out to them maybe at an earlier age and educate them on healthy and unhealthy relationships um, and Things that they can do, maybe when they're feeling frustrated, or maybe they're lacking those coping skills. So, anything that we can do to assist them um, before they start into those relationships and and develop the unhealthy relationships would be a plus. So right.
0: So when you talk, you know, and I can talk about this from my perspective, but you and I sometimes we will go to schools together and and do these presentations to kids and talk to them about uh, dating violence and consent and things like that. How well is this message received to kids? You know, I think some 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 young people are receptive to it but then there's also I think the attitude that we've all had when we've been that age where oh I don't need to hear this I know everything there is to know right
1: right and (laughs) I feel like we do see that more maybe when they're in the high school age I feel like you do need to maybe target uh the middle middle school kids I feel like they may be a little more receptive they haven't really developed those relationships yet um And as they move into high school, absolutely that peer pressure is so strong. And I feel like that is kind of a barrier um, for them to maybe receive information. Right. Um, They do act differently around their peers. You know, maybe if we had smaller groups. Um, Just like when we go to the schools and we're in the classroom, I feel like we get a lot more reception at that time. Well, I'm
0: always... Will all if, if given the choice, I will always ask to talk to individual classes instead of like a big school assembly. Because mm-hmm. I think then uh, young people are more comfortable about maybe opening up, asking questions, um, and things like that. Well, that's my opinion, at least. I,
1: I would agree with that. And, um, you know, what we have to look at is kids are coming from all kinds of backgrounds. Maybe there is domestic violence in their home maybe there is drug use and alcohol abuse and um, all of these things play a role in how they are going to later be able to develop a healthy relationship and if they've never seen a healthy relationship how do they even know what that is
0: well you know and that's a good point you know if that's all they've seen is the way the environment that they're exposed to at home and if there's not healthy relationships at home they may think that's normal. They may think, well, that's you know, mom and dad or or whoever. Well, that's the way that their relationship is. So, okay, well, that's the way all relationships should be.
1: Absolutely, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why just um, educating our youth: what yeah. is a healthy relationship? Right. That's with that partner that that you love and you trust, and they support you. And, um, and maybe if they have never seen that, they don't understand what that is. Right. So they don't have anything to really compare it to. Um, and then, you know, their inexperience with uh, romantic relationships, you know, maybe getting frustrated and not having those coping skills um, can lead them to act out in non-productive yeah, ways. Yeah,
0: right, right. Mm-hmm. So how common is dating violence with that age group? When I say that age group, I'm talking about middle schoolers and high schoolers. Do you think it's more common than a lot of people realize?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Statistics, which we know those can vary, but it states that one in three um, youth will experience physical, sexual, um, emotional um, violence in a dating relationship. Sure. That's a huge number, one in three. So yeah. every third child.
0: Well, and that's what, and, and I've seen you do this, and, and I've done this too. If I'm talking to a group, mm-hmm. uh, you know, might do it differently every time, but I might have them count off one, two, three, one, two, three, or just kind of point, you know, one call out to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of y'all who were number three, according to statistics, you're going to be the ones that are, you know, in a bad relationship in, in, their, um, in their youth, right?
1: Absolutely. And they may not only, maybe they're the victim, in that relationship, but they may be the perpetrator in that relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right. Um, you know, so so you've talked to students of schools as well as I have about this. What's the best way to approach this? Like, how do you how do you how do you educate young people about a healthy relationship? Sometimes I wonder, you know, okay, here's this man, here's this woman, and they're up here at the head of the class, and they're you know talking to us. Is there A way to really get through with these kids that may be, um, I don't know if I want to say unconventional, but uh, a unique way of reaching out to youth about this.
1: I think we have to reach kids where they are. Um, I mean, if we just throw out a bunch of big words and we don't engage them in the conversation, we're not going to get their attention.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I try to do whenever I'm talking to the kids. Instead of just standing up there and talking, and, you know, I try to engage them. And, you know, sometimes that's that's easier said than done. But, you know, I do try to ask them questions. And, you know, sometimes if we talk about gaslighting, I'll ask them, well, do y'all know what gaslighting is? And, you know, maybe give them an example. Uh, ask them if they know what consent is and give them examples and really try to engage them and get their opinions about things. Because I think if you treat them... In a way to where you value what they have to say, that's a great way to get through to the kids.
1: Absolutely, because they have a lot to say, and they're the ones that are actually living in that world. So, um, hearing from them and getting their input helps us to develop better ways of talking to them. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what you know? So we call we you know we have talked about going to the schools, talking to the kids there. And I know now uh, it's it's more common now because of education guidelines and, and things like that in Texas where where schools have to teach their kids and talk to their students about healthy relationships and trafficking and things like that. But what else can schools do on their end? You know, obviously, I think you and I are both going to say, we'll get the people who know about this topic to come in and talk to the kids. But when we're not around, what do you think? schools can do to really address this to their students
1: schools are a home away from home this is where kids need to feel safe and valued and part of a healthy community and I think that educating them and just um, you know being aware of children maybe who are struggling and being able to talk to them or assist them is is valuable um, they spend a lot of time at school. They probably spend more time at school than they do with their parents at home right? sure. during the school year. Exactly. So um, they have a huge um, ability to reach out to these kids. And I yeah. know that uh, teachers make a huge impact. Their counselors make a huge impact. Um, and I know just walking down the hallway, you know, they'll say hi to different kids and they know them mm-hmm. by name. And I think that's so valuable. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... Uh, Earlier, you know, we we were talking about, you know, getting through to the, even to the middle school, about relationship violence. I don't know if this would be a matter of opinion, but are kids starting romantic relationships too early?
1: Absolutely. And I think that is uh, the internet and social media and what's in the movies. Um, You know, look at some of the TikTok videos that you see. There are... All of that stuff, and kids just want to be a part of that. And and absolutely, the younger the better. And if they have older siblings, you know, they're maybe uh, trying to duplicate what their older siblings are doing. Well,
0: and I'm just going back, and I hate to always talk about age, but, you know, I try to think back to my middle school days, you know, and, you know, you had your little couples every now and then or whatever, but I just don't think uh, then – Uh, and I'm talking about like in the 80s, kids were so romantically involved, and I I guess I should say air quotes when I say romantically involved. Do they really know what romance is? Um, But I think kids are more uh, relationship-oriented than they were back then. And I just kind of think, well, you know, they don't even – know what a healthy friendship is much less a romantic relationship at that age
1: absolutely and that can be a factor because they are really not ready emotionally or intellectually for you know a a one-on-one romantic relationship when they're 10 years old right? right they just don't have the skills and they aren't um, developed, um, Mm -hmm. enough emotionally for those relationships and to know, you know, how to deal with it when maybe there's conflict in that relationship. So, um, I do think that that, that plays a role.
0: So, you know, I, I, asked you about schools and the role that schools play in this, but obviously probably things really start at home. What can parents do to talk to their kids or how should they approach this topic to their kids? Are, are some parents even, do you think, either unaware or they don't want to admit maybe even that their kids are involved in these romantic relationships?
1: I think society as a whole just feels like, well, this it's just kids, right? It's not really that big of a deal. And um, we don't understand that those things that are happening to them when they are children can affect them in so many different ways, and that can uh, stunt them emotionally. It may uh, be a precursor for how their relationships are going to be in the future, um, and so we have to reach them early and um, and and just teach them. And unfortunately. The home situation has changed, right? Sure. And and it evolves in different um, communities. But um, if they don't see a healthy relationship at home and they're not seeing it anywhere else, how do they even know what that is? Right. Right? They don't even know what that is. Sure. And so, um, and maybe maybe parents are really busy they're both working and then they come home and they've got all those things to do and then whenever they have a minute they're plugging into their own social media so kids are kind of lacking in that relationship uh even at home and mm-hmm. so they're looking for that um attention and that love somewhere else right
0: well and and i've have heard parents say and i've kind of have seen this i'm not a parent myself that, you know, a lot of kids feel like they have to have that relationship. You know, they break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend and they have to feel like, well, they have to have another boyfriend or girlfriend. Where, you know, one of the things that we talk about when we talk about healthy relationships with teens is you don't realize how healthy it is to spend some time apart. Just because you have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend doesn't mean you have to be together. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I would even tell mature married couples the same thing. You know, you got to have that alone time or, you know, time away from each other. And it's okay, right?
1: Absolutely. It is okay because you're individuals. And so you're coming together to have a relationship. But it doesn't mean that you have to become that other person or that that's the only person that you can be around because we see that in an unhealthy relationship to where, Um, the abuser wants all of your attention, right? They don't, they want to isolate you from everyone else. And Mm -hmm. that is not healthy.
0: Well, and, and what you just said is, is leading me to my next thing I want to talk about. You know, we've been talking about teen dating violence, but what is teen dating violence? Um, you know, uh, what are the common ways teens experience violence in their relationships? Is it the same as adults or are we looking at a completely different, um, set of things here
1: there are some similarities in teen dating violence um, and there's also some differences um you the power and control dynamic that we see in adults it's a little bit different because when you think about teens they are not uh financially dependent on on their right. abuser, user and um and maybe that you know they don't have children with the abuser We know that teens do lack experience in navigating romantic relationships. They don't have experience in communicating. And that can lead to frustration and um, and even acting out um, physically. Sure. Um, And they also, teens have a huge influence from their peers. And usually those relationships are kind of... In the middle, right? You yeah. friends are usually there because they're always in those social groups. So, um, for teens, they're either the victim, the perpetrator, or they may be a witness. And um, so, those those relationships are kind of played out in the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and and teens may act differently in front of peers, right? Because that peer influence is so um, important to them. Sure. So. Um, It is different. It's different, but um, the same, because there's still physical, emotional, Mm -hmm. um, sexual violence, and uh, we see that in adults as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Kim, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you really feel that uh, is important for our audience to know about when it comes to this topic?
1: Yes. Um, What we don't realize is there is cyber dating violence, right, and especially in young people. And um, technology, social media, it is used to harass and control and abuse dating partners. Um, and kids are, um, who are involved in sexual cyber dating abuse are seven times more likely to experience sexual coercion. Um, and so it's important for us to realize that social media is just a big factor in not just adults but um, also in youth. Um, also these things um, lead to anxiety and depression um, and also suicide in young people um, just because of relationships right and so it's important for us to really help them
0: well and I think for parents also and I guess maybe not so much now because you know a lot of parents are, are younger than than we are uh, you know, but back in the day, the whole uh, the electronic uh, side of relationship violence was not even heard of. I mean, it wasn't even a factor at all. And now with um smartphones and technology and um, uh, social media, that's just now providing another avenue for abusive relationships to occur.
1: absolutely. Um, and one other factor, Stuart, um, which when I was just reviewing some of this information, um, did you realize that homicide is the third leading cause of death for youth aged 10 to 24? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, youth violence can have serious and lasting effects on their physical, mental, and social health. It harms their development. Um, it causes trouble in coping with stress. And this affects their ability to be able to connect with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Kim, I appreciate it. And again, I just kind of, uh, people may be wondering uh, your role here at the Family Crisis Center and at Harold's House because you do uh, work at both agencies. You're a SANE nurse, sexual assault nurse examiner. What does that mean? What is your, what is your role?
1: Uh, my role is the forensic nursing uh, coordinator and also the medical advocate. I do work for Harold's House, a child advocacy center, and for the Family Crisis Center. I am a sexual assault nurse, and I do have some other nurses who work with me. Um, and our job is to, we care for victims of violence, so our job is to care for um, people with uh, um, who have been sexually assaulted or intimate partner violence mm-hmm. victims and we also see child abuse victims okay
0: all right kim riddle with us today on the podcast kim i appreciate you taking some time out and um, and being with me to talk about this thanks a lot thank you Stuart. all right uh so anyway if you have any uh questions you can email us at conversations and connections at fccet.com also if you feel like you need our services of the family crisis center I do want to remind you of our 24 hour day -day 7-day-a-week hotline. That number is 1-800-828-7233. And also, be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can do that via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much any podcast service of your choice. And remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.